return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Amen. Isaac Tafour is going to speak tonight. He's been here for how many years? Almost four years, hallelujah, so we have him for a little bit longer. So let's welcome Isaac as he comes to share, amen. Amen. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? We give you praise and honor you tonight. We give you all the glory for you are God and there is none like you. We thank you for our very lives, O oh God, for all that you do for us, Lord. We give you praise. We are grateful that we are in your presence tonight to you know, take from your word and to have fellowship amongst ourselves. It's our prayer that you bless us. You made us even at the point of need. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our spirits. Let us be nourished. Let us be revived. Let us be empowered and quickened than ever before through your word. It's our prayer that may we live here blessed. Let all glory and honor be ascribed to you at the end of the day. In Jesus' name. Amen. We thank God and bless God for tonight. Um, I'd like to thank Pastor Dave and Pastor Jeannie, Pastor Randon and the leadership of the church for being a blessing to us and also giving us the opportunity to be a blessing to others. We richly bless you so much. So tonight we'll be talking about reaching the unreached. And sometimes I try to like scan, you know, the church and try to follow the path that the leader is, you know, following. And if you can really discern for the past few weeks, it's all about seed sowing, and being a blessing unto others, and God using us, you know, to change our world. And, you know, the messages we've heard on Sunday from Pastor Dave all points to the fact that God wants to use us in a special way. God wants to use us as a blessing to the world. God wants us to touch the lives of people. He wants to touch the lives of people through us. So, tonight we'll talk about reaching the unreached, and we'll take our scripture reading from Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Amen. So this this is Peter's encounter with Cornelius and his family. And I believe that God has something in this scripture for us. And when you look at scripture and you look at the early church, you know, the first few years of the early church, the existence of the early church started with the Jews. The first few years actually started with the Jews. And when Jesus Christ came, he made like a profound statement. He said that the message or the gospel will not only be limited to the Jews. The Bible says that it's going to spread throughout the world. And thanks be to God that because Jesus is God and his word is true, 
His word has indeed been established. And we see it even in our generation. And when you read Matthew 28, 19 to 20, when Jesus, you know, ascended to heaven, he gave the disciples a mandate. So he told them that they should go forth and make disciples of all nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So even though the very first few years of the early church's existence began with the Jews, the plan and the promises of God concerning the church was that it was going to spread. There was going to be revival throughout. People are going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And people shall also become children of God. So when the time came, we know what happened. The disciples did not know how it was going to happen. But Jesus gave them a promise that they should wait in Jerusalem. For God was going to, you know, endure them with power and strength. That would give them that grace they need to be able to accomplish the task that God had given to them. So he said that you shall receive the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my, you know, witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the world. You know, and, and when you look at it carefully, you see Jerusalem and Judea, like representing the Jews. We see Samaria representing the Samaritans, and then to the ends of the world, representing the Gentiles. So these were the three groups of people that Jesus wanted you know, to touch with the word of God and transform the world. And the Jews had already received it, and um, it, it, it was left with the Samaritans. So when you look at this, the, the, the story of the Samaritans, they are like the half-brothers of the Jews. Because when you look at scripture carefully, the Bible says that when Solomon sinned and God decided to divide the kingdom, he said, because of David, I will not do it in your time. But then his son, Rehoboam's era, the Bible says that the kingdom was split into two. So we had Judea, Judea and then we had you know, um, Samaria. You know. So they were split into two. So they were actually from the same, they were all Israelites. So Israel and then Judea. And then Israel's capital was Samaria who are the Samaritans. So, they're actually brothers, but at a point in time, they became enemies. When you look at scripture, you know, in the times of Nehemiah, when the Jews wanted to build a temple, it was their own Samaritan former brothers, Tobias and Sambalat, who were like trying to prevent them from building, you know, the, the walls of Jerusalem. And because of this separation, they also had different doctrines. So when Jesus Christ came, he said that, you, the Jews, say that you worship in Jerusalem. And then the Samaritans also believe that they worship God on the mountain. But the time is coming and the time is now that the true worshippers of God are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. So brothers became becoming enemies. And they didn't want to receive Jesus Christ. But something happened. Jesus broke the first ground. When you look at the scriptures in the book of John chapter 4 verse 39, we see something there. You know, Bible says that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because, the woman, because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. So you realize that it was a no-go area. Even when Jesus Christ had this interaction with the Samaritan woman, 
she was, you know, repulsive to Jesus Christ. He said that he's not going to give him water to drink. He said that what has the Jews got to do with the Samaritans? And so many things until she saw power. Hallelujah. And after, you know, experiencing the power in Jesus Christ, she also went to call some of her friends and other people to come and see the Messiah. So Jesus broke the grounds by bringing forth the word of God in Samaria. So some people believed. But not everyone believed. There were still people who were like opposing the scripture. So somewhere in the book of Luke chapter 9, when Jesus Christ was going, you know, to be crucified, and he had to go to Jerusalem by passing through Samaria, he sent John and James, you know, to go ahead, you know, and prepare for him. And Bible said that when he went through the Samaritan city, and then he told the people that Jesus was coming, they opposed Jesus Christ. They said they didn't want him to come. They had nothing to do with him. And because of that, John and James were very angry. And then they came back telling Jesus Christ, let's pray you know, for fire you know, to fall upon them. Jesus telling them that you don't know the kind of spirit you have. So not everyone believed. But at least Jesus broke ground. Some few believed. Until the great persecution in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Acts chapter 8 verse 1 to 8. I want to draw this story to my sermon. And here we see something happen. Bible says that um, there, was a, there was persecution in the church. You know, Saul, who was, Paul, who was once Saul, you know, went around dragging people from their homes, Christians from their home, you know, beating them and then torturing them and all that. And Bible said that the church began to scatter. With the exception of the apostles, all the other disciples scattered to Judea and Samaria. But even though the enemy meant it for evil, God wanted to start a revolution. God wanted his purposes and his plans to be established. Even though they were like running away, they thought that they wanted to stop the church. They wanted to prevent the church from speaking the gospel. They didn't want people to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And because of that, they thought that the disciples of God or the disciples of Christ were timid and were running away. They actually started spreading the gospel. So the work that Jesus Christ started in Samaria, Bible said that they reinforced it. So when you look at the scriptures carefully, in the book of Acts chapter 8, Bible said that there was a man called Philip. And Bible said that he was full of the Holy Spirit. And because he ran to Samaria, he didn't just go there and he didn't become idle. He went to speak the word of God. So tonight I just want to encourage you that irrespective of where you are, you may not be in Brookings, you may be, you know, anywhere. Once you are a child of God, you are always a child of God. And let the gospel continue to be ahead of you. So even though they were seeking refuge in other places, they used that opportunity to reach you know, out Jesus Christ to other people. And Bible said that he, he, he spoke the word of God, and then so many people were saved because signs and wonders you know, followed the word that he spoke. And Bible said that there was this man called Simon who was a sorcerer in the town. Everybody believed in this Simon because they believed he had so much power. But you see, because of the power of the word of God and the signs and the miracles he saw through you know, the works of Philip, Bible said that this man also gave himself to Christ. And because he gave himself to Jesus Christ, everyone also believed. And Bible said that so many churches were planted in Samaria. So we see that the word of God that Jesus Christ said had been fulfilled among the Jews. And then now, the fire had spread also in Samaria. So the word of God never falls. Anywhere, the, anywhere that Jesus speaks, anywhere that God speaks, is so valuable 
Bible said that he does not send his word void. It comes to accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. So tonight, I don't know what word that God has said concerning your life. I don't know what promises Jesus has concerning your life. It may seem as if it is tarrying, but I want you to be rest assured that the word of God is always true. The word of God will never fail. Bible says that he is not man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent by the words that he says. So hold on to the word of God. Hallelujah. So Jews have been captured for Jesus. Samaria had been captured for Jesus. The word of God, the gospel had gone. Now it was left with the Gentiles. And, and these people were the unrich, unrich people. You know, How would this word get to the Gentiles? You know, at the time, the Jews considered the Gentiles as people without any value. Because of how they saw them, you know. The Gentiles were seen as people who were unclean. They, they were seen as pagans, you know. And when, when, when you read scripture, the Bible talks about the fact that when you have um, an issue with a friend, you know, you, you go to the friend, talk to the person, you know, and then reconcile. If the person still doesn't agree, you know, let the person go to the church so that they can resolve the issue. If the person that still is bitter and is still not, you know, at peace, Consider the person a pagan, you know. And this tells you about how, how bad the word pagan is. So this is how the Gentiles were considered. They didn't believe in God. And the Israelites or the Jews saw themselves to be the, um, the main custodians of the gospel. And they believed that the Gentiles were not part of the blessings of Abraham. Now, one thing about the Gentiles was that they were considered as stiff-necked people. And... At the point in time, Jesus Christ even referred to them as dogs. You know, when you read the book of Matthew chapter 15, where this um, Canaanite woman had a daughter who was possessed and they needed Jesus Christ, you know, to heal the daughter. And he was pestering, she was pestering Jesus Christ. And Jesus told him that, you know, bread that is meant for children should not be given to dogs. Literally wanted to say that the Gentiles are dogs. You know, so these people were like despised people. These people were considered not to... Um, the people who should deserve salvation because of who they were. So they were enraged. But God had a plan for them. He wanted them to also be saved. You know, so the first Gentile to be saved was Cornelius and his family. When you read the book of Acts chapter 10, you know, Cornelius was a good man. You know, he prayed. Angel appeared to him. And, you know, the angel told him to call Simon Peter, you know, to preach the word of God to them. That God also reveals himself to Peter and, you know, Peter comes to them. Now, when Peter came and he saw the multitude of people who had gathered there, ready to listen to him, he realized that, indeed, God does not show partiality. He realized that God does not show partiality. And, and God wants the word of God to, you know, to, to go to everyone. You know, it doesn't matter who the person is. We have modern-day Gentiles, you know, they are all around us. God wants them to be rich with the word of God. And he can use us, you know, to reach out to them. You know, Peter meets them and starts, you know, talking about Jesus Christ, how he was killed, you know, by hanging on the tree. And then on the third day, he rose up and all that he did. And now he has appointed them, you know, to be custodians of the gospel and share the word of God. And Bible says that he was talking about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, you know, healing all those who were oppressed, you know, because God was with him. And Bible said that as he continued to speak the word of God, Bible said that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
I believe that there is a revival coming. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants to use us to touch the lives of so many people. And, and, and they were saved. And he said that if they've, been, if they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, then nothing stops them from getting baptized in water. And then they got baptized. And because of the joy of the Lord in their spirit and in their heart, they did not desire Peter to go back. They wanted Peter to stay with them so they can receive the word of God. And, and something happened. When they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that Peter went along to Cornelius' house with a group of Jews. The Bible said that and when they saw that the Holy Spirit had come upon them, they were amazed because they didn't believe that these also could receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is, that is what Jesus said, that the word of God will go to the Gentiles too. And the word of God was fulfilled. Now something happened in the book of Acts chapter 11, and that is what I want us to discuss. The things that prevent us from reaching, you know, the unreached. Acts chapter 11. I don't think I put it there. But Acts chapter 11 verse 1. Bible says that when the apostles in, in, in Jerusalem heard about Peter, you know, going to the house of Gentiles, sitting with them, eating with them, preaching the word of God to them and all that, they became pissed off. They were angry. And Bible said that they summoned Peter in, in Jerusalem. And they started, you know, criticizing him. Said, how can you defile yourself? How can you mingle yourself with these kind of people, this group of people? These people who are pagans, these people who do not deserve the word of God. How can you mingle yourself with them? And they were criticizing him, you know. And, and, and that is how sometimes, you know, we believers behave. You know, we consider some people as modern day Gentiles. And one of the reasons why we are not able to reach them out, you know, reach, reach to them with the word of God is just because we judge them. It's just because we already condemn them. But the word of God is saying that everyone deserves the word of God. You know, so, so, so they were criticizing him. And you are thinking that these people should be apostles who had worked with Jesus Christ and should even know better that there is a revolution taking place. They should have remembered the words that Jesus Christ said to them, that they will receive the Holy Spirit, you know, they will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And they are going to reach out to Jews, they are going to reach out to Samaritans, and they are going to spread out to the nations. And these nations that Jesus Christ was talking about was the Gentiles. Because when you look at the Hebrew meaning of Gentiles, it is other people. It also means nation apart from the Jews. So these were the people that Jesus Christ meant the word of God to go to. But they were condemning them. They, they, they criticized Peter until Peter had to explain himself. And he told them about all that happened. How God revealed himself to him and how God directed him to go to them. And how God told him that what he has claimed, you cannot call it defiled. So, 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 so now they came to their realization that indeed they had to reach out to people with the word of God. But looking at this scripture, you know, Pastor Dave started talking about reasons why sometimes we are not able to reach out, you know, the word of God to other people. It's because sometimes we, we, we don't move in the spirit. We always look to the flesh, right? When you look at the flesh, you feel like you are inferior. You feel like you are free, you know? One other thing is the fact that we sometimes judge people. We sometimes, you know, condemn people. We sometimes think, even though uh, we know that Jesus is able to save, sometimes as believers or as Christians, we put some people in some kind of bracket that these people do not deserve the word of God. So we have modern-day Gentiles, and, and, and 
they are all around us. You know, the modern day Gentile is anyone who does not believe in Jesus Christ. The modern day Gentile can be an agnostic, can be an atheist, can be so many people who do not believe in the word of God. They are all around us. In the past, they were limited to geographical barriers. Now, they are just around us. You know, Bible says that we are a holy nation, right? So it means that when you become a Christian, you are like a Jew nation, right? Anybody outside that nation is a Gentile. Anybody who does not believe in Jesus Christ is considered as a Gentile. Now we have them, you know, as our neighbors. We have them as our working colleagues. We have them all over, all around us. And God wants to use us, you know, to reach out to them. He does not want us to condemn, condemn, he does not want us to condemn them. He does not want us to look down upon them. He does not want us to, you know, always dress up, come to church, believing that we are the holy adult, and as for them, they are doomed, you know, to hell. He wants us to reach out to them with the word of God. So God wants us to reach out to the modern day Gentiles, you know. And 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 one reason why we are not able to reach out to them is that sometimes we have our own, you know mindset about them you know and and just as the jews condemn the gentiles in the same way we in our modern day there are so many people we consider um, as people who do not deserve the word of god but everyone deserves the word of god he wants us to reach out to all these people when you read when you read um, ezekiel when you read galatians chapter 3 verse 28 bible says something it said that there is neither jew nor gentile neither slave nor free nor is there male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So, so, no matter who the person is, the person might not have even stepped foot into the church before. God has an agenda for that person. And God desires that that person will be saved. You know, if you look at Ezekiel chapter 33 verse, 33 verse 11, the Bible says that God does not take, you know, pleasure in the sinner's death. You know, he does not take pleasure in the sinner's death. It is, it is his will that everyone will be saved. What does this one say? He said, I say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways while you die, people of Israel. So he wants everyone to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. And, and God is not going to use anybody. He's just going to use us. You remember when, when um, Lazarus, you know, we went to paradise and then, um, the rich man, you know, went to Hades and he wanted to come back and then tell his brothers to change their ways. He said, he said that you have, you have pastors, you have people, you know, who can minister, reach out to your brothers to be saved. And it's not talking about people only in, in, in um, clerical. It's not people who are like ordained pastors alone. It's not only about the apostles or the bishops or the prophets. It's for you and I, hallelujah, we have been saved. We are custodians of the Bible. We are custodians of the word of God. God can use us to touch the lives of others. So, so, so God wants us to reach the un- unreached. The, gentile, the, the Gentiles amongst us, God wants us you know, to reach out to them in our own way. You know? And if we can only do this, we, have to, we need to have compassion. We need to have compassion in order for us to reach out to them. And the only one who can give us that compassion for these people is the Holy Spirit. You know, so when, when, when we allow the Spirit of God to dwell much in us, he, he gives us that passion. You realize that Peter was not willing to go to these Gentiles. When he saw that vision, 
you know, of, of the sheep being ruled, and then all kinds of um, creatures, you know, four-legged cre- creatures and, you know, creeping creatures and all that. And then the angel told him to wake up and then, you know, kill and eat. He said that he cannot eat any, any, uncommon, any uncommon or unclean thing. It happened three times. And he told him that what I have cleansed, you cannot call it defiled. You know, and that was what God was trying to say that it doesn't matter their attitude, it doesn't matter their nature, it doesn't matter how people perceive them, it doesn't matter their beliefs, it doesn't matter, you know, how far you think far, they are far away from being saved. God has a plan for them. And he wants us, you know, to, to reach out to them. So, so as believers and as, a, and as a church, we can reach out to the unreached, you know, we can reach out to the so-called wayward, so-called sinners, with the word of God. And what we can do is to pray for them. What we can do is to, you know, speak to them, you know, and then always pray that God will change them and not to judge them, you know. Um, when you read Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, you know, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ exhibited compassion, you know. Bible said that when he came and he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, so there are times we try to judge them. There are, time, there are times you sit back and you look at what these so-called modern-day Gentiles do, the people we consider um, as people who are far away from being saved. Sometimes you look at their way of life, you look at their way of thinking, and it's like you are quick to judge them. How can you think that way? How can you behave that way? How can you do this, you know, in this manner? But the issue is that it is not them. It is something that is working in them. You know, when you look at the sheep, right, if there is a shepherd, right, the sheep is guided. If there is a shepherd, the sheep, you know, there is decorum among the, the flock. Anytime the shepherd is taken away, it gives room for wolves, it gives room for, you know, beasts, and then they scatter the sheep. They begin to behave in a certain manner. You know, when someone does not have Christ, when someone does not have the good shepherd, which is Jesus Christ, they, they, they behave in so many ways because they are being harassed by the enemy. Their way of thinking is not normal and not consistent with the word of God. So our enemy is not them. Our enemy is actually Satan. The one who is harassing them, the one who is making them helpless and behave the way that they are behaving. It is he who is our enemy. So we don't need to judge them. We need to rather, you know, pray for them. And then, you know, fight against the, 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 the enemy that is harassing them and making them helpless and behaving the way that they are, they are behaving. And so God wants us to reach out to them. And God wants us, you know, to speak the word of God to them. And they are all around us. They are all around us. You know, um, God bless Pastor, Pastor Dave and, and Pastor Randen. I think last week, Tuesday, we watched Jesus' Revolution. You know, we went to the, 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 the cinema and it was like very interesting. And, you know, I, I learned so many things. Sometimes when I hear some of the words they speak in the movie, I, I quickly Google and then try to find out what I heard of hippies, you know. And I got to see that in the 60s and the 70s, there were this group of people who wanted to go away from the conventional way of life and, you know, do things on their own and how, you know, they became saved. And I, I saw so amazing when they started coming to the church without um, shoes. You know, those who have been saved, who should know better, were against them. Like, how can you allow these people into the, the church? I think the preacher, is it Chuck Smith? Yes, he, he wanted them to come and then receive the word of God. 
But the people were concerned about they, you know, soiling their carpets with their, their bare feet, you know. And, and, and this is how sometimes we behave to the Gentiles, you know. But God has a plan for them. You know, yesterday something happened in, in, my, in my lab. So there is this undergrad who was um, doing an experiment. And then he got cut by, by a needle. And he was bleeding profusely. Like, so he quickly rushed to me and he said that if I could help him, you know. And the blood kept on flowing and flowing and flowing. We tried putting pressure. And I told him, if he doesn't mind, we can go to the student clinic because it's not normal. And he said, oh, when he goes to the student clinic, he doesn't think they can do anything about it because he has a condition. And he mentioned so many conditions that he has and so many medications he's on. Some he's, he's on for the rest of his life. And because of these medications he's taking, it takes too long for his blood to clot. So anytime he's cut, the blood will flow and flow and flow until it starts clotting by itself. Apart from that, because of um, the condition he's facing, his, his skin cannot be stitched. So he has this, like very elastic skin and he was telling me so many things that he's battling with and I was like oh my god and he said that I shouldn't you know feel like have compassion for him because his mother's condition is even worse than his and he kept on talking about the condition his mother was having internal external his father his siblings his Everyone, like very like weird, not normal diseases. And it's like, it's normal to him. And he was saying that he feels like they told him that their family tree has been cursed. And, be, and I was saying so many things. And I was like, no, you shouldn't say this. I don't know what you believe in. And he said that, oh, he's an agnostic. He told me, like, plainly. He, and I said, okay, I don't know what you believe in, but I am a Christian. And I believe that Jesus Christ can heal. So I pray for healing for you. You know, I just wanted to, you know, say something to him. Let him know what I believe in. He didn't even say amen because he doesn't know what amen is. So thank you for thinking about me. And he just left. All that I just want to say is that we have so many people around us. So many people around us. It, it really made me appreciate the help that I have. Because from what he, it's like a history. It's like, and it's not like one disease. It's like so many, multiple disease, diseases at the same time. And I just... Thank God for our lives. But people need help. I believe that they shouldn't think that they have been cares and it is their way of life. It is something they have embraced for generations and it is like occurring throughout their lives. And I was telling one of his colleagues who was not around that he cut himself. And he said that the day before he also cut himself. And I said, what's happening? So there is something actually wrong. There is something actually wrong. But... I believe that the solution is Jesus Christ. And, and we cannot sit down idly. And because I know his situation now, I will try and, you know, I won't, I won't harass him, but I will try and, you know, feed him with doses of Jesus one day at a time. And that is what God wants us to do, you know. Speak hope, speak life through the word of God to people. He has anointed you and I to reach the unreached. So tonight, I just want to say that God has plans for everyone. And as part of his plans that he has for people, he needs people as conduits to achieve those plans. And it is you and I. So let's just avail ourselves to God. You know, when God, you know, prompts you that 
speak to the person sitting by you. Don't be hesitant. You know, find, your, find something, you know, you can, when God directs you, he, can, he gives you a plan. He gives you a direction. He gives you a way out. It could be a, just a normal conversation that can generate to sharing the gospel. So let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and let's have that mindset that God wants to use us, you know, to reach out to people. And when we have this consciousness, the Holy Spirit will empower us and quicken us and he will use us for his glory. So tonight I just have this short message for you that so many people need the word of God. There are so many people around us who need to be touched with the word of God. Let's just avail ourselves. Let's not judge them. Let's not condemn them. Like the apostles, you know, condemned and criticized Peter because he spent time with the Gentiles. Let us just, you know, they won't, they won't change us. We will change them. Sometimes the fear is that when you get too close to them, they may corrupt your, your good morals. <laughs> but, you know, greater is he who is in us than he that who is in the world. So God will use us. Let's just avail ourselves. May the Lord bless us and equip us with strength. May the Lord, you know, empower us with the Holy Spirit. So that in season and out of season, whether we are shy or not, he will give us that grace to reach out to many. So that we can be a blessing to this world. May the Lord bless his word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, God richly bless you so much. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.